We hope today's message will encourage you and strengthen you with God's Word. We are certainly living in a world that is constantly changing, but God's Word will always be true. The Bible tells us that God is unchanging and will always be all-knowing, all-powerful, the Creator and Sustainer of life. God's Word is truth and life, and we are thankful for the opportunity to share His Word with you each week. This sermon was recorded at Rolling Fork Baptist Church in Nelson County. You can find out more information by visiting rollingforkbc.com or find us on Facebook, listed as Rolling Fork Baptist Church of Boston, Kentucky. And now, let's listen in to this week's message. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your word today, and may we be focused on your presence. May we be focused on your word, and may our hearts be changed because of this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. In verse 42, we see another group of people that, in one sense, are different than what we saw before. Last week, we saw the unbelievers, the Jews that did not believe in Jesus Christ, and we saw why they didn't believe. We saw uh, the result of their unbelief. Today, in verse 42 and 43, we see a different group of people, although, although there is a similarity here. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Now, so you have some Jews here that are in this description. They believe in Jesus. But their faith is so weak, or their, their belief is so weak, that they're not willing to risk losing their positions in the synagogue on account of being tied to Jesus. They are more concerned about their job or their position in the synagogue than they are about their confession of Christ. So, in your blanks there... So because of their fear of the Pharisees, they acted no different than the unbelievers. Because of the fear, fear of the Pharisees, they acted no different than the unbelievers. And I want you to get this. These people, because of fear, they wanted to fit in so well, they didn't look any different than those who were professing to be, we don't believe in you. And because of this, what did Jesus say? You'll be known by your fruit. Now, it is interesting that there are a couple of people that we find in the Scriptures that started out this way, and then later uh, they did openly confess Christ. Nicodemus is one of them. Remember, he came to Jesus in John chapter 3 by night because he was afraid that he would be seen with Jesus, and so he, he tried to hide and have his conversation in private. The other one is Joseph of Arimathea, who later is the one that asked for the body of Christ so that he could bury it. So both of these men uh, believed and later made it open, but, but these other folks here that's being mentioned here they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God and, and I ask you who are you more concerned about the, the applause of men or the approval of God 
Some people are just so caught up in, uh, what does so-and-so think about me? And, and, and we worry about that as if it really mattered. And until you get to the mindset that the only one that really matters is God, and if you're really pleasing Him, then your relationships horizontally will be better. Remember I told you about the Ten Commandments. The first one was vertical. If we love God properly, then we are to love each other properly. If we're not loving Him right, we can't love each other right. If we try to love them before we focus on God, then obviously we are totally out of balance. So these folks were acting no different than the unbelievers. So you have the unbelievers who were vocally saying, uh, we question everything that you're saying. And then they had the, uh, the people who secretly thought they believed or they, they believed, but they didn't have enough uh, stamina or gumption, as we say in the South, to make a stand for Jesus Christ. And then in 44 to verse 50, we're going to see the word believe repeated and Jesus cried out and said whoever believes in me believes not in me but in him who sent me and whoever sees me sees him who sent me I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness if anyone hears my words and does not keep them I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me does not reject my words, has a judge. Let me say it again. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. But the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. So some very simple blanks to fill in this morning. Number one, if you believe in Jesus, then you believe in God. And you cannot have one without the other. There are people today, there always have been people who say they believe in God, but refuse to believe in Jesus Christ. And that is impossible. Why do we know this? Well, you're in John chapter 12. If you would please turn to chapter 17. This beautiful prayer that Jesus prays, there are some phrases in here that really uh, emphasize what we're talking about at this moment. For example, in chapter 17, verse 11, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, here's the phrase, even as we are one. Now, this is different than saying, even though uh, you're my father and I'm the son, and there's that type of a situation. So, for example, Blake is my son, but we are not the same person. In this case, Jesus is the Son of God, and yet they are the same because you have the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are one, one and three. He says, let them be one as we are one. Then you go down to verse 20 and 21. 
I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, for what reason? So that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is why I tell you, denominations and all these labels and brands and stuff, these battles between that is so wrong because it does not show the unity in the body of Christ. If you are truly a believer in Christ, it doesn't matter what label you go to church under. What matters is, is, is your message straight from God's Word without being tampered with? And if it is accurately God's Word, then we are to rejoice together, work together, and know that we're going to heaven together. There's not going to be any difference in heaven as far as a, a Pentecostal, a Baptist, a Methodist, a Catholic, and so forth. It's going to be one together. And we've got to make sure that we're ready for that. And he says that by coming together here on the earth with the message of Christ, that we are saying that Jesus is one with the Father and that God has sent Jesus to the, to the earth. He says they would believe that you have sent me. And then one more section from John 17 in verse 22 and 23, the very next section there. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Look again, this continuation. That they may be one, even as we are one. Jesus and his people, God in Jesus. So God is in us. And in 1 John, we see this over and over. Whoever abides in him. Also, we see it in John 15. If, if my words abide in you and, and so forth, we see this over and over. He's telling us we need to be connected. We need to be unified. The devil loves division. And he will use deception to do whatever he can to break that up. Number two. If you have seen Jesus, then you have seen God. If you have seen Jesus, then you have seen God. And, and this is from verse 45 of our text today in chapter 12. You remember in John 14 when he says that uh, I go to prepare a place for you. And then later he says, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So Jesus is telling these people who either A, did not believe, or believed but was, was not willing to uh, take the, the cost of it, He says, you need to understand, if you question who I am, if you question what I've been telling you over and over and over, then you need to understand that I and the Father, am, or we are one. And you can't have Him without having me. Now you brag about being the chosen people, but you cannot be God's people if you do not include me. Number three, 
if you believe in Jesus, then you have been delivered from darkness. And this comes from verse 46. If you believe in Jesus, then you have been delivered from darkness. In John 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. Let's, let's have a moment of reflection. I think this is the one that's the most challenging. Not because we could lose our salvation, but because of the fact that even though, okay, even though we say we believe Christ and we're not ashamed to proclaim that, we don't fight temptation as much as we should, do we? We, we allow things to come in that influence our minds, whether it be discussions, whether it be uh, the Internet, or whether it be uh, the relationships that we have. And I want you to think about this. If you've been delivered from it, then why would you or why would I go back to it? Why would we allow ourselves to go back into the darkness when we have been delivered from it? He says, whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness. In the Lord's Prayer, and, and by the way, write this down if you would. Kevin DeYoung. Kevin is the first name. Second name, DeYoung. D-E capital Y-O-U-N-G. Kevin DeYoung is a preacher that has uh, recently done a series on the Lord's Prayer. You can find it on the internet very easily. Excellent series of messages. I'm not even done with the series yet, but the first, uh, uh, the, the one I heard last night was on the Daily Bread. And he's really doing such a great job breaking this down. But he's talking about this fact that if we are praying this prayer, and we're saying, deliver us not into temptation. If we're asking God not to deliver us into temptation, then why are we choosing to walk into temptation on our own accord? If we're asking God to keep us from sin, then why are we sometimes saying, okay, God, I know I asked you for that, but give me a moment to indulge in this one, and then I'll come back to the right path. Jesus says... Whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. In John twelve thirty five, So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. We, we read that earlier. And then Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we have that God and, and, the, and the Savior being in one. He has delivered us by Jesus Christ, and so we have redemption, which means to be redeemed from our sin, to be, our lives are redeemed as a coupon, is, is used as a uh, replacement for the, the money exchanged. Jesus uh, used His body, His blood, to be exchanged for the cost that you and I are supposed to have paid. He paid the price for us. 
We've been delivered. Let us walk as those who are walking in the light and not as those who walk in the darkness. And then number four, if you reject the words of Jesus, then you reject the words of God. If you reject the words of Jesus, then you reject the words of God. And again, he says, if you hear my words and do not keep them. Verse 48, the one who rejects me does, and does not receive my words. He says in verse 49, I've not spoken in my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. Verse 50, what I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. In Hebrews chapter 1, long ago at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. In John seven sixteen, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. John 14.10, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His work. Same chapter, verse 24, Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Again, that mentality, you cannot love God without loving Jesus. You cannot love God and not love His Word. All of this is tied together. His message is not to be changed. It is not to be uh, watered down or corrected as if it was wrong. It is to be honored it is to be lived out. It is to be meditated on. So as you look at those four statements, you recognize that Jesus is very clear. And he kept telling them over and over again, you keep asking me, and I keep telling you the same thing. I haven't changed my message at all. I haven't changed my, my stance on this. I haven't become afraid of you to the point that I'm backing down. How many times have we heard people in this world who were given a chance to say, okay, I deny Jesus in order to live. They said, no, I do love Jesus, even if it costs me my life. I heard a message this week describing the, the disciples and what they went through after Jesus had been raised from the dead and ascended back into heaven. You know, we think about, well, church should be comfortable. The church should be a bunch of happy people, you know, singing some happy songs and that kind of a thing. Look at all the persecution the early church went through. And yet they stayed faithful to the word. When they were being uh, threatened that if you don't stop preaching in the name of Jesus, we will arrest you. We will kill you, whatever the case may be. And they got together and they said, Lord, you've heard their threats. Now grant to us boldness. I saw a heading the other day. I didn't have time to read the article. I'm sure it was nothing but garbage. 
the article said that in these coming days, Christians will need to start hiding their faith. I tell you, in these coming days, you will be definitely identified as a true believer or one who was a pretender. In fact, let me say this. In this last year of this pandemic, it's really been obvious in so many lives how many really worry, or not worry, but who are uh, involved in and love God and focus on God versus those who are like, okay, I'm using this as an excuse to do my own thing because of this COVID restriction. If you love Jesus, you love God. If you've seen Him, you've seen God. If you believe in Him, you've been delivered from darkness. And that's probably where we're going to end today, is that that phrase, go back to number three on your sheet, and just think about that for a moment. Because like I said, in all of these, for us today, I really think this is the biggest challenge for us is to really focus on 24-7 being a person who is a child of the light instead of every once in a while experimenting with the darkness. There's a part of us that just has this this want to, to see how far you can get without getting hurt. Right? You, you think about, uh, for example, uh, these kids, I saw some videos last night. This kid's 10 years old, and he's being trained to be one of those guys that do all the stunts on the bicycles. And, and, and in this video, I mean, the kid's good. There's no question. But in some of this training, you can tell these falls, I mean, he could easily get hurt. Right? But he has this desire. How far can I go? How high can I go? How many flips can I do? It's just a desire to, can I get that? Uh, I've seen men on ladders. Instead of moving the ladder to the next area, they're like, I think I can reach it, right? Or jump it. I I think I can reach out to that, that last spot. I don't need to move my ladder. I can reach it, and then the ladder starts to slide, and they try to bump jump it a little bit, and that doesn't work very well either. Oh, I think I can drive this fast on this road. I've known this road for years. But this time there's an animal standing in the road. I know this won't hurt me. I've done this forever. I mean, how many times have we talked to people and they have burned their hand in the oven? Or they've burned their hand on something else that they've used over and over and over again. But this one particular time, yesterday I was burning some trash. And I picked up a piece of trash and it was too close to the barrel. And it was a little bit on the warm side. And I felt it. Right? Wasn't paying attention. How many times are these temptations coming at us? And we're not paying attention. What did Jesus say? Stay alert. Stay awake. Keep your eyes open. Be aware of what's around you. Because he's coming at you. Not face to face and just telling you you're going to sin. He's trying to entice you. Hey, look over here. Look what I have for you. 
you can't get this anywhere else. I've got something that you really, really want. And I promise if you come over here, I will give it to you and you will enjoy it. And we stray from the path that we're supposed to be on. And we, we th we're still thinking about how much we're going to enjoy whatever this is. Until we realized we have sinned again. Whoever believes in Jesus has been delivered from the darkness. Let's pray. Father, help us this day to remember that if we are in Christ, we have been delivered from the darkness. Help us this day, Lord, to stop allowing uh, things to come into our hearts and our minds to distract us from what we should be thinking about. And Lord, we recognize that we are enticed by our own desires. And that's why you have told us that we must be renewing our mind in your word. We must practice thinking these things or else we will fall. Father, thank you for your love and thank you for your mercy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.